Boy, what words from a song on this Father's Day, and I hope those words and that song encourages your heart like it does my own. My name's Nate, one of the pastors here at Northside. I want to welcome you on Father's Day, and uh, the, we do celebrate fathers because they are a gift from God, uh, because fathers are made in the image of God, and we celebrate, and, and even for myself, I'm a dad of three, and I'm learning every day to how, how to be a father, and I love the words from that song, and this is what it says that really captured my heart is, failure doesn't define find me. That's what my father does. That this is the truth about Jesus, that he comes to love and to save us because that is God's heart for us. And today on Father's Day, uh, hopefully some of you dads get to get out there and you get a cup of coffee or tea or hit some golf balls. We wanted to support some of our area businesses this Father's Day. And uh, if you don't drink coffee or tea or play golf, wait till next year when we can gather together and we'll give you a free hot dog, all right? We're sorry if that's not your jam, uh, but we wanna wish you a happy Father's Day. And in the middle of this series, that we're in called Deal With It. Uh, the reason why we listen to that song is because our thoughts deal with us. And God has come to deal with our thoughts. Sometimes we don't know how to deal with them uh, because they overwhelm us. We are in a time right now in our world where we are overwhelmed and uh, every place we look, everybody has thoughts, everybody has opinions. And what we wanna do today is this, we want God's thoughts to reign supreme. Matter of fact, I love this quote that will kind of set the tone for us today. It comes from theologian A.W. Tozer. And listen to what he says. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. That what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Oftentimes, this is what's happened. I know growing up, even though I've grown up in the church, sometimes this is what's begun to happen is I thought God has gotten in my way when it was actually my thoughts that were getting in the way of God working in my life. It wasn't God being in my way. It was the way I was thinking. Matter of fact, one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm chapter 34, verse 18, that it says this. It says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. This is why I love the Psalms because what it does is it tells me more about who God is instead of going, Nate, whoever you think God is, no, let God's word and God's own declaration about who he is and what he's come to do, let him define who he is. And you know what we find in the word of God? Not only is he near to us and not only does he save us, he begins to tell us he is our help. He is our strength. He is our fortress. He is who we need. I love walking through this book of Philippians with you. And the reason why I love it is because Paul, what he addressed almost 2,000 years ago, we are still dealing with today. And what we're going to talk about with our thoughts today and how God wants to change our thoughts and for us to get a clear view of who he is. And last week, and we began to talk about this, the reason why a lot of times our thoughts go sideways, this is actually the number one issue with women. This is the number two issue with men, which a lot of people actually believe it's the number one issue with men, is this. It's anxiety. And anxiety messes with our mind. It, it takes us down the road of what ifs. Matter of fact, I love in this book, Anxious for Nothing, Max Lucado, he comments on this passage in Philippians chapter four. And what he says is this, he says, anxiety increases as perceived control decreases. That your anxiety goes up the more you feel like you don't have control over a situation. But then he says this, anxiety decreases 
as our awareness and understanding of our heavenly father increases. A.W. Tozer is right. The most important thing about us is what comes to mind when we think about God. Because what we think about God begins to shape everything around us. If we don't believe that he really cares about us or he's with us, we'll begin to live life going, I guess God's not here. When he says over and over, I am here. Matter of fact, this is why Paul writes to the church because they are growing defeated. Paul is in jail. It looks like maybe things aren't gonna work out in life. And he goes, no, no, no. Listen to what he writes to the church in Philippi. This is what he says in Philippians chapter four. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Do you hear that? The Lord's near with us. Our father is near with us. He is with us. And he says, and since he is with us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Boy, there's a lot to be anxious about today, isn't there? I don't know about you, you know, if you're a father, I'm a dad of three. Uh, my daughter just turned eight, going into third grade, got a four-year-old, two-year-old, and I'm trying to figure out how to be a dad. For some of you, you're trying to figure out how to be a business owner in today's world and changing economy. Some of you, for, you're going into college or maybe you graduated college and you went, man, I had this degree. I thought every, I even had a job lined up and now you got the phone call back that they're cutting back on jobs and now you just graduated and you don't have a job. There's a lot of things to be anxious about. Some of you just retired and the stock market is all volatile and you're wondering about your finances and you're wondering about your future. We have a lot to be anxious about. But Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, present your request to God. Do you know this? That God knows every anxious thought that you have. God knows it. He's with you. He's near and he carries those with you. This is why we want to deal with this and begin to pull this out. Even as followers of Jesus, you and I are going to wrestle with these anxious moments. And I want to give this disclaimer that I gave last weekend. For some of us, anxiety and anxiousness gets so bad that we need to go and seek counseling and therapy. And some of us even need to be on medication for it. And I want to let you know, if you're doing that or you have done that or you're thinking about that, I just want to let you know as your pastor, that is absolutely okay. Because there are times when life gets overwhelming and we need healing and help from places that God provides. And I just want to let you know, it's okay if you're there. Matter of fact, this whole week after Brent Falcone, one of our elders, shared his testimony last weekend, I've been stopped all sorts of places this week and simply just saying stuff like this. Hey, thanks for addressing this because I felt so much embarrassment about my anxiety. Can I just let you know, your heavenly father knows what you carry and he is with you. 
Now here comes the question that we asked Paul. Okay, Paul, you talk about it, don't be anxious, but in everything pray about it. And you go, man, Paul, I'm praying, but how do I keep this peace? That's what we wanna deal with today. How do we keep this peace of God? You know, some of us, we go, man, I go to church or I'm watching online, but what about the other 167 hours during the week? I'm here for this one hour. Matter of fact, it's not even an hour long anymore because we're online, which some of you are like, man, this is awesome. And, I, and here's the deal. But what about the rest of the 167 hours? How do I experience the peace of God? Because he says that. He says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Nate, how do I experience that? How do I experience this peace that's going to continue to go with me in all circumstances? That's what we want to talk about today. Matter of fact, Paul begins to talk a little bit about this. But here's what I want us to understand before we do. What we need to understand is that our life is complex. A lot of times we want real simple, real quick answers and we plug them in and we move on. But life is more complex by that. Matter of fact, I saw this picture of an iceberg that displayed anger. I had a counselor tell me one time that anger is actually a secondary emotion. And listen or look at this picture I saw on the internet. I thought this described anger in such a beautiful way because a lot of times right now, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe somebody will bump into us or we'll bump into somebody else and people are just blowing up right now all over the place and angry at all sorts of things. And what we really need to realize is there's a lot more going on underneath the surface than we care to realize. I mean, we are processing some heavy things. It's like what they said about the Titanic. It wasn't the tip of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. It was what they didn't see that sunk the Titanic. And what God wants to deal with today in me and in you is this. It's what a lot of times you and I don't see in our lives. And it's our thoughts. God has come to deal with them and give us a way to experience his peace no matter what you and I are thinking right now. Listen how Paul says this. He begins to lay it out and to say, hey, here's what it looks like to experience the peace of God in the other 167 hours outside of this gathering that we have. Listen what he says in verse eight. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. He's going, if anything is good, and really all that summarizes is up to Jesus, he goes, if, think about this stuff. And then he says, and whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Think about it and put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I love how Max Lucado summarizes all of what Paul's talking about in his book, Anxious for Nothing, when he says, when you are feeling anxiety and overwhelmed, he says, you need to remember the word calm. And the word calm stands for, it's an alliteration, it stands for what God wants to do in our life. Look at this kind of picture that Max Lucado paints for us. It's what calm represents. And he says this, you might want to write this down. He says, the first thing we need to do, what Paul says in, in verse four, when he says, rejoice always, is to celebrate God's goodness to celebrate and remember how good God has been to us in Jesus. Then ask God for help Man, and bring your petitions to God. Don't hold back. He wants you to bring all that you are to him. And then you need to leave your concerns with God because it says with thanksgiving, 
present your request to God. Man, leave these with them going, God, I trust you. Thank you for being with me. And then he says, and meditate on good things. This is where we think and we put it into practice. Now, some of you I already know are looking at me weird going, meditate? Nate, what are you talking about, meditate? What do you, you say, I'm supposed to put on some yoga pants, cross my legs, and just go, mmm, you know, for the rest of the sermon, and then, and then things are going to go away. No, no, let me clarify what Max Lucado is saying when he says meditate. When he's saying meditate, it's another word for what Paul says here when he says, think about such things. Think about it. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I don't take time to think about what I'm thinking about. Matter of fact, listen to what Max Lucado says about this. I love this quote on page 121 from his book. He says, there are many things in life over which you have no choice, but the greatest activity of life is well within your dominion. You can choose what you think about. Healing from anxiety requires healthy thinking. Your challenge is not your challenge. Your challenge is the way you think about your challenge. Your problem is not your problem. It is the way you look at it. What Paul is saying to do is if you and I want to experience the peace of God, it's not that he's not here, he's with us, but here's what you and I need to begin to do. You and I need to begin to think about what we think about. Think about that for a second, all right? I know I'm saying the word a lot, but you and I need to take time to think about what we actually think about. See, here's what everybody is tempted to do. It's just to focus on our emotions and our passions and let them out. And Paul says, no, if you want to experience the peace of God, what you need to begin to do is to begin to think about your thoughts. What are you thinking? Why are you thinking it? Matter of fact, the word worry in the Bible, the Greek word, I didn't know this till this last week. That word worry actually means this, to divide the mind. See, a lot of times we worry and we think we've done something about it, don't we? I don't know if that's going to work out, but I have worried all day. Well, do you realize that by worrying, we've actually done nothing? Jesus says something about that. He goes, what can you do by worrying? That doesn't add anything to life. It actually robs you of life. Matter of fact, Satan, what he wants to do is to divide the mind. That's what Satan says he's come to do. Jesus says that he has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. What he wants to do is to divide your mind, to divide your thoughts, for you to not think about them, but for you just to unleash them. Don't think about God. Don't think about what he wants to do in and through you, but for you just to run wild with your thoughts. Matter of fact, if you want to know how, how he's come to tempt you and I, you can find this in 1 John chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, where it says that actually Satan comes to tempt us with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Matter of fact, that's what he tempted Eve with in the garden. The garden of Eden, that's what he tempted Eve with to go, hey, don't you want to be like God? And then it said, when she saw the fruit and that it was good, she took it and ate it and she gave in. See, actually the first sin in the Bible is pride. And that's the sin that Satan had because he no longer thought that God was worthy of worship. See, Satan comes along and he tempts Jesus with the same stuff. He goes after Jesus and he says, hey, if you are the son of God, why don't you turn these 
bread, the stone into bread. Jesus says no, and he responds with scripture. And over and over again, what you find is this. Matter of fact, I, I, I recorded some of these stats that I found this week. You find Jesus in the New Testament actually quotes Exodus seven times. He quotes Isaiah eight times. He quotes Deuteronomy 10 times. And he quotes the Psalms 11 times. Jesus knows this. My thoughts about God is the most important thing about me. This is how I'm going to deal with temptation in my thoughts in life. That word think, when Paul in this passage says, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, all that stuff, he says, whatever, he says, think about such things. That word actually means logic. See, when we begin to apply the logic of God into our thinking, it cuts through our anxiety. It also means to take inventory. It means for us to back up and to begin to think about our thoughts. For us to go, what am I thinking? Well, what is really going on? Matter of fact, that's what we say, isn't it? After we mess up in life, after something, when something goes wrong, we say that phrase, what was I, what? What was I thinking? Problem is, we weren't. That's why I love uh, what everybody says, the famous last words of every redneck is this, watch this. Because they're going, I'm not thinking, I'm just gonna try this thing out. And see, what happens is when we begin to follow inappropriate thoughts or we begin to give our thoughts lead way to our actions and behaviors, really the problem is this, we weren't thinking. And Paul says, if you want to experience more of the peace of God, what you'll begin to do is you'll begin to think about your thoughts. Matter of fact, listen what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Paul says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to what he says, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Paul says, I'm bringing all of my thoughts to God, meaning this, we've got to let God have authority over our mind. It's not about you and I being perfect people or going, oh man, I had a bad thought. No, no, it's about you taking those bad thoughts to God and going, God, would you help me with this? Matter of fact, this is why Jesus says the most important law is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Too often times we're willing to do things with our hands for God. But he's going, man, I want you to do great things with your hand. I want you to serve, but I want you also to worship me with your mind. Paul says the way that you and I are changed in Romans chapter 12, verse two, listen how he says that we're changed. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by giving your mind to Jesus. Now, some of you are like, Nate, I'm not that, I, you know, I didn't go to college. I'm not that smart. No, no, he's not saying you gotta go to college to love Jesus. What he's saying is this, would you offer your mind to him? Would you offer your thoughts to him? Would you say, Jesus, would you lead and redeem and take ownership of everything that I think about? And then he says this, because then you will be able to test and approve what what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to experience the peace of God? Begin to allow the peace of God access to your mind. Begin to present your mind to Jesus. Begin to present your thoughts to Jesus. Jesus, is this of you? 
This is why Paul says the words, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. And what he's saying is this, fill up your mind. Too many times everything today is about just empty your mind, try to get rid of these thoughts. And I'm telling you, those, those thoughts don't go away. What Paul is saying, no, fill your mind with what's pure. Fill your mind with what is good. This is why a lot of times some of us, man, we jam down the road, listen to worship music. Some of us, man, you, the, the closest you feel to God is when you're up in a deer stand and your soul needs that. Because what you're doing is you're saying, this in God's creation, I get to worship him. Man, feed your soul. Allow your mind. I've had friends, you know, text me pictures of being on vacation past couple weeks and uh, I've had to battle thoughts of jealousy as they're down in destiny and all this stuff. But what they're doing is this, they're sending me these pictures and they'll send me these quotes that go along with it because what's happening is as they look at the beauty and they look at creation, what's happening is it's changing their thoughts because they're thinking about God. Because what they're realizing is this, the most important thing about them and about me is what we think about God. Now I know for some of you, you're going, Nate, I totally agree. I, I just don't have the time for this. Here's the deal. We can't afford to not make time to think about our thoughts and offer them to God. Matter of fact, for my whole life, I've been more of a city slicker and people will come up to me, hey, Nate, you wanna go fishing? And I'm a quick, nope. Right? I'm just like, man, I'm just not a fisherman. I, I haven't really been around that. And, and, and they go, no, Nate, you don't understand, man. When you get out there on the water, it's so good for your soul. You'll love it. Nope. Well, finally, I, I went fishing. Uh, I've, I've gone fishing before, but I went fishing uh, a couple of weeks ago with my daughter. My kids, we had some friends invite me up uh, to their house to go fishing on their pond. And I'm so glad I took the time because here's what happens. When we begin to make time for this, we experience... Life at its full. And I want to show you a quick video of Lily, my daughter, catching her first fish along with my son Carter, giving us some commentary on this. And I'm so glad I was there to make this happen and make time. Take a look at what happened when she caught her first fish. Is it a shark? Real it is. <laughs> oh, it's him again! Maybe is not the same, same one. one. Keep reeling. I think that's line. the same one. Keep going. Keep going, babe. Keep around. There you go. I think that's the same one. I don't know. There's many more in there. Woohoo! <laughs> Lily. I love, love this video. And, and you know, here's the deal. You know why I love it? Because I actually took time to enjoy it. Now, Carter, we're teaching him that sharks do not exist in ponds here in Southern Indiana. And uh, he's four, so he's got a little ways to go on all that stuff. But here's the beauty. We took time. Here's what I'm learning about having our thoughts be transformed by God. Is that it takes time. It takes time for us to soak on God's word. It takes time to allow God to speak for us to settle our hearts and our minds and to hear from him. Matter of fact, listen what Hebrews chapter four says about this because God's word, man, when we begin to open it, we begin to allow God into our thoughts. Listen what he does. In Hebrews chapter four, listen what it says. It says, for the word of God is living 
and active. Man, God's speaking all the time. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts, and here it is, and the attitudes of our hearts. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. See, a lot of times we want to get rid of bad thoughts in our hearts and our minds, and we're trying to do it by ourselves. This is what scripture does. Scripture divides our divided mind. See, this is why we want to make time for God's word. This is why we want to begin to create space to say, no, God, I'm going to present my thoughts to you. God, what I'm thinking about, I'm gonna let you in on and I'm gonna let you begin to call me into account for you to begin to speak, for you to begin to sharpen. Matter of fact, this morning, I was reading uh, chapter one of Hebrews just in my personal quiet time. And man, it spoke so much into my heart about who Jesus is. He is the greatest of all time. And it is just, it set my day right going, Nate, I don't have to try to control the day. Jesus is in control. And here's the deal, that won't happen if I don't make time to allow the word to speak in to my heart and my mind. Paul says, whatever's true, whatever's pure. Man, think about that. Fill your life up with that. Make time for it. But then he goes on and he says this, but whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Don't just think about it. Now you need to begin to put it into practice, begin to obey. And this is what I just want to kind of call that to be. This is simply this, you and I taking our best next step. See, all of us have a next step to take. For some of you, your next step is to become a follower of Jesus and to be baptized and to say, no, God, I'm not just gonna present my mind to you. I'm gonna present my heart and my life to you. For some of you, you know there's there's things that God's calling you to. Maybe things that he's calling you away from or things that he's calling you into. And Paul says, whatever you've seen, whatever you've heard, put it into practice. See, our faith, this is why it's such a good thing to be the church gift. We talk about it all the time. We're a body, not a building. And this is why, because we need to see faith being expressed in one another, to encourage one another. Because here's what can happen. Even though we go, oh, I know I read scripture and we can have all the Bible studies we, we have in the world. We got right now media. You can fill your mind with all this stuff. But here's what happens. If you and I don't begin to apply it, we'll never see the change that God actually has for us. It'd be like my daughter going, hey, and I've had to tell her before, hey, Lily, you need to go clean your room. All right, she goes back to her room and I go back in there and nothing is clean. Now this has happened before, right? But, but this time nothing is clean. I'm like, Lily, why isn't your room clean? And if she would give me this response, well, actually dad, I started doing a Bible study and I looked up the word clean and it means spotless. And why isn't your room clean? I, well, dad, I was doing a Bible study. See too many times, here's our default. Once we finish a study, we just wanna to go to the next study and the next study and the next study. And Paul says, it is good to fill your mind, but here's the thing, don't just keep filling your mind and never put it into practice. Matter of fact, in the season of this pandemic, 
I've talked to a lot of people and they said, you know what? There have been things that have changed in my life that I would have never changed because I sat down and I saw and I evaluated and I looked at my thought pattern and I looked at my schedule and went, that doesn't make any sense. This needs to change. I need more margin here. And they said, and matter of fact, God, in the midst of this hardship and brokenness, he is bringing good into my life. And here's what they're saying. I'm beginning to put into practice what God is revealing to me. Some of you are going, Nate, I, I want to know how to do that. How, here's a simple way that I do this. And I do this kind of over quarterly, maybe yearly. It's, it, it's this simple phrase. What do you need to start? What do you need to stop? What do you need to continue? Matter of fact, that could be a good kind of spiritual exercise that you do today or this week. Begin to write down. Begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what, what do I need to start doing? What, what, what are you calling me to? God, what do I need to stop doing? Or God, what do I need to continue doing that I need to root myself in this and grow even more? Paul says, whatever you've seen, whatever you've heard, any of this, put it into practice. And then the God of peace will be with you. See, here's what happens when we begin to allow God into our thoughts and we begin to feast on his word, just like Jesus did. You know, the one who didn't need to memorize scripture, Jesus, who was perfect in every way, guess what he did? He memorized scripture. Guess what he did? He was obedient to the Holy Spirit. He not only allowed God into his thoughts, he walked as a man of obedience. And this is what we need to remember in the battle for our thoughts. We have to remember this, that the God of peace is with us. Let that begin to overwhelm your mind right now. Because you and I quickly, we go to what's ev everything that's wrong with us, or we not just go to everything that's wrong, we begin to delight in just how good we are and all of our accomplishments more than anything we've accomplished, more than anything we've done wrong. But the God of peace, the God of peace, overwhelm your mind today. This is what Jesus was doing on his last night with his disciples. Here in a moment, we're going to invite you to take communion in your home or wherever you're at on the lake, on your porch. We're going to invite you to take the bread and the juice and listen what Jesus says. In John chapter 14, he saves this for his Disciples on their last night, this is John chapter 14, verse six. Listen to what he says. So I just wanna read these words over you. This is his last night and he's trying to remind them that the God of peace is with them. And he says this to him, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the father except through me. And if you really knew me, you would know my father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus gave his invitation to his disciples. The peace that you're looking for, that you need, because all of us are fighting a battle in our mind. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And see what happens right now is when we celebrate what Christ has done on the cross, it begins to change our mind about ourselves. It humbles us and it also lifts us up. So today, what thoughts 
do you need to let Jesus in? Because the Father has called us home in his Son. Matter of fact, I want to read this prayer over you right now before we take communion. See, this is where we delight in God. This is where we rejoice in God. We're going to put it up on the screen right now. I'm just going to read this over you. Because I know, man, there are so many thoughts that are battling through our minds. I just want to read this prayer over us right now. Before we take communion and before we worship together, let me read this prayer. You may even want to read along with me. Jesus, we need you. You are the only one that can heal our hearts and give us peace. As we look at your life, your death and resurrection, help us reflect on our own hearts and minds with complete honesty and humility. When we were dead in our sin, you kept your promise and made a way for us to be made right in you. Gracious Savior, by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to you. In every situation, help us to trust in you alone. Let's take communion now wherever you are and take time to offer your heart and your mind to the Lord and then we'll sing together.